Christmas has come and gone, but the Super Bowl is quickly approaching. We've seen just what our teams are capable of this season. Now it's time to get your last bets in before the bowl. Will the Ravens be able to get it done? Will Tom Brady and the Patriots get themselves another ring? I bet you have a feeling. Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. My bookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. If you're looking for a sports bus to make some bets on the bowl games, my bookie's where you want to go. Football not your thing? No worries. My bookie got you covered. From the NBA to the Premier League to the NHL, they've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. You can even pull your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you got a couple of big favorites this week, parlay wagers, let you bet multiple games together, and if they all come through, you win big. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sport, sports books around. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra 1000 in free money to play with on my bookie. All you have to do is use our promo code THPN to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code THPN to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Team you hate playing again? Yeah, uh, I guess fucking auto, I guess. <laughs> We're a team. Hey guys, it's Shane. Welcome back to another episode of the Frozen Biscuit Podcast, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So, on today's episode, we are going to talk about the Anaheim game, as well as we're going to do a prospect report of players in the system as well as a draft prospect report and we're going to start it off with a little bit of good news obviously we have Bobby Ryan who returned to practice on Wednesday to and actually like returned to full team regular practice jersey um, since the first time since like mid to late November that he's been with the team so that's obviously a very very good sign for the team and for him knowing that he's healthy mentally and physically there's no timetable for his return to the lineup he does have to get his conditioning back up but I would expect probably sometime in middle of February to see him back in on a, in a game uh, obviously sooner rather than later and <clears throat> But with that being said, we will jump right into the Anaheim game. And we are going to start off with, the, we're going to do a good, bad, and the ugly. And we'll start off with the good. Uh, the two, the good, the main one, would be the two power play goals from Batherson and Anisimov. Uh, you know, we've our power play has been getting better every game. Uh, obviously, it was been horrible for most of the season. And we'll probably finish near the, probably bottom in uh, power play percentage 
but Riley, Mike Riley gets two assists uh, as well. Colin White gets on the board. If you didn't see, he had, he was had the primary assist on the uh, Nisimov deflection in tight to tie the game at two. And Batherson is looking more and more comfortable. He's looking fantastic in the in the games. Every game he looks more and more comfortable, more and more like the star player that he's expected to become. He is facilitating more. He's trying more things. He's he's shooting a lot more than he was before. So that's the good of the game. And that's really it. I mean, obviously there were... Duclair had some chances. Kachuk had a goal that was waved off because it was offside. And if you actually watch the, the highlights, it was offside. But... Uh, it was a decent game. We're gonna look at the bad uh, four-minute power play at the beginning of the f- like early in the first period. It was a, uh, Anaheim went down and scored shortly after. Uh, that was a bust. It was not good. It looked like I mean, a, a four-minute power play early in the game is always hard. Um, you don't have much rhythm going, much momentum going, and it can kind of hurt the team as well as really helping the team if it's too early in the game. Uh, Defensive miscue led to the second Anaheim goal. It was just bad balance, but it just looked like people were out of position and it wasn't the, um, the overall greatest game of the season for... Or greatest play uh, for the defense on that one. Hopberg didn't really have much of a chance, and uh, some some bad news and um, kind of leads into to a little bit was Nemesnikov left the game uh, after blocking a couple shots. Nemesnikov and Zaitsev did not practice on Wednesday. There's no indication on if they are going to play Thursday versus Colorado. But I would expect them not to. Obviously, we'll find out Wednesday morning if they are taking a, a skate. I'm not sure if it's an optional skate or not. And then the ugly. Realistically, the only ugly thing in that game was the uh, shootout. Or is that our shootout? What was continue? We're 0-5 in the shootout. And I'm not sure why we keep shooting first, but it seems like we keep sh- or we keep shooting second, I mean. Uh, I don't know why that's a thing that keeps happening. It hasn't been working for us. Uh, when you shoot first, you're guaranteed three shots, really, unless uh, you miss the first two and they score on their first two. But generally speaking, that doesn't happen. You're guaranteed to shoot three times. You're most likely going to shoot three times. The other thing is Hogberg was the player of the game and he improved to three or two, three and seven on the season. And that's ridiculous because out of the 12 games, which would be the 24 points that Hogberg has, you know, played for, 
he has gotten, uh, you know, a good amount of them. He's gotten 11 of the uh, of the 24, which isn't bad, but isn't great either. <laughs> um, he was 21 for 23, uh, had a .929 save percentage versus Anaheim. So he uh, he definitely kept us in that game like he usually does and will most likely keep us in games for the remainder of the season or as long as he's playing. He should be the reason why we get we get a chance to win uh, almost every game. So with that being said, that was the Anaheim recap. It wasn't the greatest game. It was pretty boring, honestly. Um, it's just two teams at the bottom of the standings not playing for much, and it showed on the ice. Uh, that, so, you know, we play Colorado on Thursday. It'll most likely be a more exciting, high-flying game. Colorado needs those two points. They need to take advantage of the games they have in hand over both St. Louis and Dallas, uh, with them sitting in third in the Central. Moving on from that, we will be looking at the prospect report. And this episode's prospect is Philip Gustafson. Uh, he's in the American Hockey League with the Belleville Senators. His 2019-2020 stats so far, 12-5, uh, 2-1, a goals against average of 3.24, and a save percentage of point. Uh, uh, 0.891. Uh, since the start of January, though, he is 5-0-1, a goals against average of 2.14, and a save percentage of 0.921. Uh, he was named uh, Goalie of the Month in the AHL for the month of January, so that is fantastic for him. And for the uh, for the center, the Belleville Senators, as they're looking to to get into the playoffs. I mean, they're leading the North Division right now. Um, but you know, as a teenager in the the Swedish Hockey League, he posted three consecutive seasons with a goals against average below three. And uh, a save percentage above uh, 900. So, actually pretty decent. His first season, which was 15-16, he only played 15, or six games. But he had a 2.17 goals against average. A 9 and a .91 save percentage as well. That That's pretty decent for a, a teenager. In 2016-17, we had he had played 15 games with uh, goals against average of 2.70 and a save percentage of 0.911. And in 2017-18, he had a goals against goals against average. Of 2.07 and a save percentage of 0.91. Pretty respectable for, you know, a teenage goalie. And hopefully that just shows his improvement 
for for the Belleville Senators and for the Senators of the future. I think Decord has really pushed him to, to be a better goalie. And, you know, hopefully that helps. He gets a lot of success over the next couple of weeks heading into the playoffs. He is only 21, so a lot of room to grow. Uh, we look at the draft prospect report. We are looking at Lucas Raymond of Frulanda Hockey Club in the Swedish Hockey League. You know, keep it in uh, the the Sweden realm. So, Frulanda, we have uh, some notable players who've played for Ottawa from that club in Alfredson and Carlson. But, you know, this at the time of this recording, he had... Eight points in 23 games, but he is a 17-year-old playing in the highest level of hockey in Sweden. So, to give out, he's probably not playing a lot. Probably playing, you know, 12 to 15 minutes a night. Probably no power play time. Probably no power play time along with some probably, you know, current garbage time minutes. So. Stats are can be a little bit deceiving, but he is our draft prospect report player of the episode, and we will have a new one for next episode. With that being said, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, we will hear uh, a little bit from the guys from Off uh, Offside by a Mile podcast who cover the... Uh, Colorado Avalanche for the network. So we'll take a short break and we will be right back. Hey, hockey fans. If you're like me, you have a couple of plain jerseys hanging in your closet, no name or number on it. But I got a solution for you where you can get whatever name, whatever number you want from any jersey. Visit my friends Chris and Kevin at Customized Sports for all your customization needs. They have hundreds of teams available for purchase at their eBay store. They're shipping out of Toronto. If you can't find what you're looking for, message them and they'll try to accommodate you. Visit their store on eBay at ebaystores.com customized or you can catch them on reddit at username u slash customized dash sports hey guys welcome back so before the break i mentioned we have the guys from offside by a mile joining us to talk colorado and all things hockey so on the line we have tyler and jared from offside by a mile hey man how's it going how's it going um, dude uh, bad. Thank you guys for joining me. It's a Thanks pleasure to have you guys finally on. <laughs> it's another one of those weird uh, East-West games where it's like two games in a week. It's I, the little uh, season series that they kind of just throw together. Yeah, it's like it's now. super it's weird not seeing a team for like the whole year, especially for us in the inaugural season of the Hockey Podcast Network. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was definitely weird. I was like – I was looking at the schedule when it first released, and I'm like, when is Colorado coming to Ottawa? <laughs> and it just, like, wasn't there in uh, in November or December and then January. And then in February, it was like, oh, we see them twice in, like, a week. Great. Oh, okay. Sweet. So it was, uh, I mean, it, not necessarily disappointing because I feel like 
the teams now are better for the matchup than they would have been in like November. For sure, yeah. Uh, I'd say if you guys would have, if the Sens matched up with the Avs in the first, you know, month of the season, things might not have gone so well. I yeah, mean, that was the uh, streak of <laughs> hotness for the Avs there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think it's like honestly, I'm not expecting a very good game. Like, you know, Buffalo got spanked by you guys six one the other night. That's kind of the score I'm expecting. <laughs> like, depending on who's in net, because if it's Hogberg, then it's going to overtime, and we can we can bet on that. We can mark it in the book that it's going at least to overtime. Is that what happens with Ho- Hogberg? He's two, three, and seven so far this season. Holy! His last like six or seven starts, he's gotten a point. I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of beneficial. But... I mean, if the Sens were trying to make the playoffs, that would be ideal. Yeah, like his trying to get like a better chance to win first overall. I mean, less than ideal, but you'll take. I, mean, it. I don't think anyone is gonna beat Detroit. Let's be honest. They are a special kind of bad, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, which is kind <laughs> of surprising because everyone picked Ottawa to be the laughing stock of the league. Hundred percent, I did for sure. And hey, we're not, and I they... can't complain. Exactly. I'm happy that San Jose is crap in the bed. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to see. <laughs> uh, we definitely have that on our mind to talk to you about. So you might as well get into it. Must be nice being uh, being the one with the shoe on the other foot this, this year. Huh? Yeah, I mean, honestly, thinking about who you guys picked last year, I much prefer Kachuk over Byram, and I don't regret that. I obviously... You know, no one really expected it when that trade happened. Definitely not. But, you know, I, I'm totally okay with you guys picking Byram over Kachuk. I mean, yeah, it seems to be kind of – or getting noticed around the league that Kachuks are uh, are uh, little shit disturbers, and <laughs> it tends to work out for – well, in ge- in general, like, and it will moving forward. It's going to work out for – you know, their respective teams, but uh, Brady has looked really good. He looked, you know, pretty good at the all-star game. And uh, yeah, he's been doing pretty good too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been decent this year. He needs to learn how to skate. Uh, (laughs) He needs to learn how to stay on his feet. Actually, Uh, his balance is not the greatest, but like I've I've watched Byram Byram this year and I've just I've not even been impressed with him. Have you guys had a chance to to take a look at him? Uh, the only thing I really saw was the World Juniors. I haven't paid enough attention, honestly, to the affiliate as we probably should. I uh, should probably start, you know, looking at that a little bit more. But he that was the the preseason too for for Byram for me. Like a lot of a lot of Avs fans kind of wanted him to stay with the big club he definitely had a good camp uh but yeah i haven't like jared i haven't watched him aside from the world juniors and he definitely didn't shine at the world juniors definitely yeah. not yeah i mean he came in as like the sixth defenseman and then he got sick and it kind of just wasn't a good um feel for him at the world juniors for sure what um 
what do you guys think is the the likelihood that Colorado wins the central? That wins the wins central. Wins the central. Ooh. Pretty low in my opinion. Uh yeah. I don't know. It's gonna be tough to overtake St. Louis. They, they have kind of been struggling lately. They pointed out a really interesting fact in the game last night on the broadcast. If the Avs were in the Eastern Conference, they'd be eleven like they'd be eleventh. Yeah, they wouldn't even be in the playoffs, right? They'd be below Toronto. And Toronto's out on the outside looking in. And it's just like obviously the East is propped up by some of the bad teams like Detroit. But yeah, Detroit, man, that Ottawa, is crazy to think, to think that the point totals in the West are so different right now. Mm-hmm. The Avs have a chance, like you said, at the Central Division, and they're also the same point total as a team that's like outside the playoffs in the East, which is very weird. But don't you think that shows the, the parity in the West, though? That there's so many teams that are competing – that any given t- any team can win any given night, unlike in the East, where if you're playing, you know, Buffalo right now, uh, New Jersey, Detroit, Ottawa, there's more of a chance that you're gonna you're gonna win. Very true. Uh, it's a fair point for sure. The problem with the Central though is the fact that St. Louis, yeah, like yes, they're kind of stumbling right now, but man, they are a very good team. The Avs have done well against St. Louis. Like it's it's uh, you split across the board two and two. Each team's won both games at home, but at the same time, like it seems like every time St. Louis falters, so do the Avs. So it's like maybe it's just the fact that I've watched them so much this year. But I don't I don't see them winning the Central. It would yeah. be nice, hundred percent. But that's eight points right now. That's I a mean, pretty big gap. It's going to be tough too, and you know. Taking away even St. Louis, you still have to keep in mind Dallas, and they've actually been playing some really good hockey lately. Dallas has two games more played than the Avs, yeah. so that, like the Avs have two games in hand, but Dallas is still ahead of them right now. So it's yes, fingers crossed. The Avs have two points after Thursday night's game, but maybe they don't, and maybe they're still behind Dallas after Thursday night. So it's like you never know. But man, it's it's the Central is it. it after, I don't know, maybe a year or two off has become a brutal division again. So, I, the competition is just insane in the Central. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least for, for Colorado, you don't have to – you're more likely not to squeeze into the playoffs as that eighth seed finally like you have the yeah, last two years. For sure. So, that must be at least some kind of um, – improvement for fans to feel like proud that hey like this team is actually getting better every year and they're not just you know sailing by well yeah I think that's probably the feeling for a lot of Avs fans and I would say probably I could include Tyler with saying that um it's only getting better and that's the thing like this is just the beginning of what the Avs are going to be able to do in this league in the next few years in my opinion and last year was like extremely good building blocks. They went through some heavy adversity throughout the season. You know, some injuries. We had some injuries this year already that we've overcome, and now we're healthy. I just think, you know, all of the incidents that have happened, including, you know, making the playoffs last year, beating Calgary in the first round of the playoffs last year, the way that they lost in the playoffs to get 
you know, ejected from the, from the uh, playoffs coming through this uh, off season, getting a bunch of acquisitions that were hugely needed that have improved our depth scoring, like beyond belief that we thought people like Val Nashushkin stepping up big time, you know, Burakovsky as of late being pretty impressive as well. Um, it's just really setting up the Avs to have quite a few years, I think here and being one of the best teams if not in the West, in the league. That's fair. Um, you know, looking at cap friendly, you guys have, just like Ottawa, a bunch of cap space uh, for the next couple of years. But at the summer of 21, you have Landeskog coming up as well as Makar. Uh, Landeskog will most likely be 29. And. Obviously, Makar is going to be uh, 23. Man, what kind don't, of co- don't forget also, they don't have goalies on the books for that summer either right now. Yeah, Grubauer is uh, a UFA so at the end of that year too. Plus, like, Zadorov's an RFA at the end of this year. So, it's like it's going to get very expensive in a hurry in, in Colorado for sure. Yeah, that's the – that's the thing too, right? It's, it's kind of like, yeah, we have salary cap room, but it's kind of a mirage in a way. Like there is some money to play with. And I think this year there definitely is some money to play with, but there's also people like they were just talking about this yesterday in the broadcast and rightfully so, because Burakovsky has been insane lately. He's RFA next year. That's, that's a player who could get a substantial raise, especially if he keeps going the way he is. Right. Exactly. Um, so, and, like, there's going to be some other pieces, like, Nieto's going to be coming off the books here. I, I would doubt that we would resign, but maybe. Um, but, yeah, there's a few. And, and then you look at the defenseman, like you already said, Zadorov, but then there's also Ryan Graves, who's been playing substantially better this year as well. And he's RFA next year. That's going to be a raise 100% because I don't think, I don't think we give up Graves at this point. He's, he's become too important to the team. Um, so there's definitely going to be some money spent, uh, even next year. So it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. How long do you think Colorado's window to win is open for looking at the contracts and who's coming up and who could need like big money deals? Cause Makar is most likely going to fetch probably anywhere between seven to 10 mil Long yeah, term. I, I'd say you're looking at Shabbat's deal pretty closely as the as the uh, comparable. Yeah, probably more. Like, a, it's it's a year later, a couple years later, it's going to be worth more than Shabbat. But I'd I'd say the Avs are probably hoping it's like that. Obviously, um, as for the window, the window's tough because of what I said earlier with the goalie situation. Uh, I'm a very big advocate on the abs goaltending situation being fine. There's a lot of abs fans that are not so fine with it lately. There's been a lot of heat on the goaltending situation in Colorado. That being said, like if you can keep Grubauer and he's not your stud goalie, that's going to make eight plus and you think he can do, do the job for another three or four years. I can't imagine why you'd think that the window would be shutting. The Avs at the moment don't have an Albatross contract, so again, there's nothing really shutting the 
shutting the the window to win there either. I I think you're looking at something kind of like what Chicago had. I'm not saying they're going to win three cups. That's not at all what I'm saying. But I'm saying like that window is wide open. I mean, I, I it's subject to change, you know, for right? sure. Like there's so many different variables that are working, but as of right now, like it's just beginning to open in my opinion. They have Last one, year it kind of did. They have one of the best players in the game at $6.3 million a year. Shoot, as right. long as he signed to that, that's Nathan McKinnon. As long as he signed to that, I don't imagine the window's shut. And that's another three seasons on top of this one. Yeah, I mean, that looks like a bargain, right? Oh, it's an absolute steal. Especially looking at Rantanen's deal, almost $3 million more. Yeah. I'd expect that once the his UFA hits, he can most likely look at 10 probably 11 easily. Oh, definitely. I think if he wanted to, right? Yeah. And that's kind of who knows really what McKinnon wants because he's kind of already vocalized that, that he's – I took a deal because I want to win with this team. So. He also vocalized that he'd take another deal to win. Right. But – What kind I'll of deal it. is that? I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Right. Like, like what what kind of deal are we talking? Are we talking a six-and-a-half million deal? Well, are, we, are we saying like a nine mil is a deal for McKinnon, I'd say right? that's more likely. I'd say nine million is what you're looking at if he's taking a deal, like a legitimate deal. But at the same time, if he gets like 100-plus points for the next four seasons, a deal is probably 11. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's just cap friendly doesn't show it. But it looks like teams don't do performance-based contracts. Like, there's no performance bonuses. On the the guys that are uh, top tier, you don't normally see the performance bonuses. Pretty much the guys that are, you know, between 23 and 35. Your performance bonuses generally come when the guys get older. But wouldn't it – because performance bonus doesn't count towards the cap, right? It, It doesn't until it's earned. And once it's earned, it either applies that season or the next season. Because we talked about this on the Devil's Advocate podcast probably like a, two or three episodes ago, is that wouldn't it be a way to circumvent the cap uh, as a, like putting in, like, you know that probably, you know, the 21, 22, 22, 23 seasons, for example – you're going to be close to the cap. And if you have somebody signed, wouldn't it be beneficial to have them have a couple of performance bonuses to kind of lower the the cap hit for those two years or for the length of the contract See, to, I, to circumvent the cap, kind of like the whole, you know, Robita's Island in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I could see you wanting to try that. I just don't know if your player is going to take that. Because, again, like like you say, it, it's it's kind of a way to circumvent the cap, but it's another one of those things where it's like it could easily burn you real bad, right? It, it happened in Boston a few years ago with Iggy where he, they went on that big cup run with Iggy. After, so this was the year after he got traded at Pittsburgh. Then he went to Boston. He had a bunch of performance bonuses on his contract. And it absolutely strapped the Bruins the next season because they were up against it that season with Iggy. He earns his performance bonuses, and then they had no money the year after that. So it's like, yeah, you could kind of circumvent the cap for like a year, but say it's like a, I win the cup, I get a million plus or something. That could take 
a really big chunk of money off the books if you got to sign another guy like McCarr. Obviously, it wouldn't be McCarr in theory, but like, say it's another young stud defenseman or a young stud forward, that million and a half might be the difference. Yeah, that's true. It'd just be interesting to see if teams playing with signing bonus and performance bonus. Because I'm kind of surprised that McKinnon, it's all base salary. Like he yeah, has zero signing bonus. He has no guaranteed be- money. That was before this time of signing bonus everything. <laughs> right? Like th- this got th- – this deal's pretty old in the grand scheme of things. That's why it's so lo- friendly in the dollar value, right? Like this – McKinnon signed this after a 55-point season or something, right? So it's like – Yeah, he signed it 16-17. Uh, right? So they the, – their performance – or sorry, the salary – Geez, the yeah. signing bonus thing wasn't really a thing yet. I mean, to be fair, it also looked like an overpayment when he signed that contract. Well, exactly, right? That, but that's the gamble you pick on – or that's the gamble you take on guys like this, right? Because yeah. I'm – like, I remember when he – like, when he signed the contract, he came off a 52-point season. His career high was 63 points in his rookie year. You know, the like the 64 games that he played in 2014-15, he only had 38 points. And then he came back the year after, 52 points. And they signed him to the 6.3. Yeah. And then he had 53 points that year. Played for uh, uh, the World Cup. He played for Team North America. Played the World Championships. Put up four, 15 points with Team Canada. And then has been light out, lights out. Oh yeah, he years. definitely the switch flipped. I was like, gonna say yeah. right when that right and, when he was on Team North America there, and he had I think it was him that had like that crazy goal, right? The, yeah, I think so. And it was like, yeah, you you seen a a little switch. But yeah, like flip. when he signed this deal, he was not. He was considered uh, a bust. He well, he wasn't. He he definitely. Uh, I don't know if you'd consider him a bust quite yet. Like just under. He just kind of, yeah, yeah. He, like. He was on that bubble, just like Hedman was. For sure. Cause... But at the same time, right, like, there, there, was, there was no light. Well, I wouldn't say there's no light there. Obviously, he got picked where he got picked for a reason. But he was nowhere clear, nowhere close to projecting to top five player in the NHL. Right? No, and I mean, I think you have to add in the fact that Rantanen has definitely helped his play. But – that's just the way the NHL goes, right? There's this not a year, single would... player who really dominates a, a game, arguably outside of McDavid. This year, I would disagree with that. Uh, McKinnon did a lot without his line mates this year, like a lot. Oh yeah, lot. this year when they've been hurt, but like the fall, like wasn't it last year where Landeskog, McKinnon, and Rantanen were the highest scoring trio? Oh, hundred percent for sure. So. But I wouldn't say – I wouldn't say uh, – I would almost put it in a, like John Tavares style of he is the one that drives the rest of them. Like I'd say McKinnon does more for Rantanen than Rantanen does for McKinnon. Not saying, not saying that McKinnon doesn't benefit on – like by getting primary assists from passing a Rantanen or anything like that. But it's – McKinnon has shown that he is the guy that drives that line and he is the one that creates – Yes, Rantanen has that skill. Obviously, that's why he got paid nine and a quarter. It's not because he just sits there and pots one-timers, right? Like, 
he does stuff too. Landis Cog, he's kind of like your Bergeron where he plays the game the right way, benefits on the offensive side of the game because he's playing with two of the best players on the team. But me, uh, McKinnon is just – he's on another level. His speed, his IQ, just the way he drives the play in the offensive zone, it's nuts. Yeah, I mean, I love McKinnon. Um, when, when he was struggling, like early in his career, I was kind of disappointed because I was lucky enough to watch him a lot when he was in the with Halifax because they always seemed to be on Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And he just – he looked like the next Crosby, and it kind of just lined up perfectly for him. And then, obviously, Colorado picked him, and I was a little bit disappointed. <laughs> um, but also not because he went to the West. And honestly, if he's not Ottawa, as long as he's not in the East, I don't care. <laughs> right. Um, true. But then he just – like, Colorado struggled, and then he was struggling, and it just didn't seem like a fit. And 2017-18 comes along, and he just – like, if he plays probably – the 82 game season, like 82 games out of the, of the season, he probably hits a hundred points that year. Probably. Thanks for listening guys. Again, you can find me at frozen biscuit 92. Uh, I'd like to thank the guys from offside by a mile for joining me today. You guys can find them at offside by a mile on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at frozen biscuit 92 or Shane underscore 97 on Twitter, I would love talking to you guys. Uh, check out the check out Frozen Biscuit for contest updates because we have a couple of things being worked out. Hopefully, over the next couple of weeks, we are still doing the uh, jersey kit sponsored by um, Customized Sports. It will just be a question posted on our Twitter, so definitely take a look for that. So, if you were trying to find out what the question was. Uh, sorry for making you wait till the end before letting you know, but we uh, the it'll be posted on Twitter again. The rules will be stated above on Twitter for you to follow. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thanks again. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We will catch you on uh, Monday's episode of Frozen Biscuit, and uh, yeah, have a sweet one. Hey hockey fans, if you're like me, you have a couple of plain jerseys hanging in your closet, no name or number on But I got a solution for you where you can get whatever name, whatever number you want from any jersey. Visit my friends Chris and Kevin at Customized Sports for all your customization needs. They have hundreds of teams available for purchase at their eBay store. They're shipping out of Toronto. If you can't find what you're looking for, message them and they'll try to accommodate you. Visit their store on eBay at ebaystores.com slash customized sports. Or you can catch them on Reddit at username u slash customized dash sports.